So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, once again, bless your words. Especially, Father, we know that you are revealing yourself in this particular section of the Gospel of John that you are a God. You are a deity. Asking the question, O oh Lord, not only to those people in those days, but today as well. We believe in you. And so, Father, this book is open in front of us. These are alive, O oh Lord. I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, we will gain understanding. We will be illuminated through the power of your Holy Spirit. I know, Lord, that this question is a very, very important question. And so, Father, if there is any individual here who did not put their faith and trust in you, oh, Lord, speak to them in a very personal way. Convict them, oh, Lord. Father, once again, we praise you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you have completed the gospel. You came alive. Indeed, you are the resurrection and the life. And so bless us now, for this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. There was a young boy, this or young man, and this young man came to his boss and asked for the day off to attend his grandmother's funeral. His boss said, sure, you can go. The next day, the young man was talking to his boss, and the boss said, do you believe in resurrection from the dead? A young man said, yes. Uh, interesting, the boss said, because after you left work yesterday, your grandmother came to visit you. Some of you again did not get it. <laughs> it's not true that, you know, the grandmother died. Anyway, this is also the same question that we need to really ask ourselves. Do, do we really believe in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Our text this morning finds us in Bethany. How many of you read the story of Lazarus? I hope you've read it. If you, you know, are you reading your Bible he was sick, and of course, they are Jesus' best friend. And Martha sent message that, is, that his friend named Lazarus was sick, and he was about to die. And, and Martha said, come at once, because I want you to heal him. And he really believed in the Lord Jesus Christ that he will heal him. But the problem is, Jesus did not at once comply. He stayed for, I think, two more days. Lo and behold, he passed away. He died. After four days, that's where Jesus, you know, visited them. But he was already inside the tomb. 
Did you know that if you are already buried for four days, worms are already eating your body? He was there for four days. Inside the tomb, not outside the tomb. And so the Lord is standing at the tomb with his friend Lazarus and makes an astonishing claim. He said, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I, I want you to think carefully about what Christ said. Then he looks in, in their faces and into our hearts today and asks the most important question. Do you believe this? This is the most important question that each and every one of us must answer. Do you believe this? What is that this? I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? That's why the title of our message this morning is The Resurrection and the Life. Let it sink in a moment. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe this? And this morning, we will just take a look at this verse. Do you believe this? And of course, when Christ asked this question, Mary answered it in, in the fashion that it was answered in Bethany. And this is what she said. Yes, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And so we will search this question. Do you believe this? First thing that we need to take a look about this question, it is personalized. Look at the word you. Do you, that means you, me. Those people around in front of the tomb, you, you. Do you believe this? It is personalized. Now, I want you to think about this. Uh, perhaps the Lord, he put the inflection on the you in the question in order to drive home to our hearts that it is personal. You, not your mother, not your father, not your grandfather, not your grandmother, not your brother, not your sister, not your child, but this question is being thrown at you personally. You. Why? It's because, after all, when it comes to saving faith, it is the finished work of Christ, and this is what matters most, not what my mother did, not my father did, but what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. I was born in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor. It doesn't mean that if my dad was a pastor, I am okay also into the kingdom of God. His salvation is personal. My salvation is personal. That's why Christ asked this question. Do you? It is you who needs to answer. Probably uh, you are preparing a will for your life to pass on whatever inheritance you have in life, wealth. One thing that you cannot pass to your children, it is the salvation. Children, you cannot inherit the salvation of your mom or your dad. You need to make a personal decision about Jesus asking this question, do you believe this?
Most of us probably are proud because of our religious pedigree. Probably some of you will say, I was born a Baptist, I will die a Baptist. I will die a Catholic, I will, you know, I was born a Catholic, I will die a Catholic. Yes, probably you're proud. But you need to make decisions personally about your faith in the Lord. It is only you who can answer this. Again, you cannot include it on your will to your children, and you cannot inherit it. Second thing that we need to take a look at this, it is not only personalized, but also it is pertinent. Do you, the word, believe this? Perhaps when our Lord asked this question in Bethany, he put added inflection again and emphasis on the word believe. After all, faith is the acceptable response in the Christian gospel. He was not inquiring of his hearers as to whether they were giving intellectual assent to his claims, but he wanted to know if they would trust him and take him at his word by faith. Do you believe this? Probably some of you know Voltaire. He was alive during the 1600s, 1700s, and he was a brilliant guy. Google it, not today, after our sermon. <laughs> you want to know more about Voltaire. While he never openly declared himself to be a non-believer, he advocated a religious perspective known as deism. What is deism? Deism proposes that there is some kind of supernatural creator, but it is not associated with any mainstream religion. In other words, he is saying, yes, I do believe that there is God. He created everything, but after he created everything, he just sat back, and he did not you know, have that relationship with us. That's deism. It is dangerous. Why? Because this question is opposed to what Voltaire believed. When we have faith and put our faith and trust in the Lord, there is this connection between us trusting Him. In other words, there is this what? Relationship with the Lord. And so, he believes not by faith, but by reason. And that is very possible. And that's why uh, Christ said, when people will stand in front of him, he will say, I never knew you. Why? Because many people, they know about Christ, but they don't know Christ. We already preached this four Sundays ago. There's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. A lot of people in this world, they know about God. But they don't know Him. In other words, they don't have any relationship with the Lord. And that's why this question is a very, very important question because Christ said, do you believe this? You see, it is one thing to know about the gospel story intellectually. It is one thing to hear about it through one another one avenue or another, it is one thing to try to conform ourselves to it, to a new set of moral standards that accompany these truths. It is even one thing to argue for it apolog apologetically and reason about it. But listen, it is in fact possible to conform to the truth of the gospel. Listen without ever being transformed from within by grace through faith. And that's what Christ is asking each and every one of us. The real issue on this Resurrection Sunday, do you believe this? Have you transform your trust from yourself and your good efforts 
over to Jesus Christ alone. What do you trust this morning? Do you trust because you still have the strength, the vigor, the vitality? Do you trust your bank account? Do you trust your career? What do you trust? And this is the question. When the Lord asks this question, believe, He is telling us that we need to trust Him in every area of your life and my life. We can cast every problem that we have as far as we can in front of His altar. That's what trusting and believing here. Has this saving faith, the resurrected life, this Christ in me experience made a difference in your life? You know what? When you are really in the Lord and when you have trust, a problem, testing in life, you, you face it differently. Not like when you don't have Christ in your heart. Have you noticed that? Some of you have experienced this. Some of you are telling me, hey, Pastor, you know, before... Uh, when I have a problem, when Christ was not yet in me, oh, I really don't know what to do. But when I have Christ in my heart, I put my faith and trust in the Lord, depending on my sins, I, I, I face it differently, which is true, just like the Apostle Paul. And that's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who, what? who gives me the strength. That is my, that is friend. That is what the Lord is asking. Do you believe? He's asking that the personal relationship with him, it's not intellectually. Because intellectually, we will be arrogant. The Lord is talking about transformation of your inner self. And this is what Mahatma Gandhi said. Knowledge. It's nothing without character. You see, when we have the knowledge about who Christ is and transform it into our lives, there is this character changes. Amen. Do you believe this? Paul reminds us that it is by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. Pistis in Greek. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not works lest any man should boast. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We do good works to prove we are saved. We don't do good works for us to be saved. Do you believe this? Third. So we learn that it is personalized. It is pertinent. Number three, it is particular. Do you, again the inflection probably cries this. What is that dish? Well, we come to the heart of the issue here. It's because for true faith, it must rest on an objective truth. It may be that the Lord, again, Jesus inflected this important question with his emphasis placed on this word, do you believe this? This what? the context. The context is this. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. This is the context. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Uh, immediately on the heels of this incredible attestation comes, of course, this question. Do you believe this? What are these? First, 
his claim about deity. I am the resurrection and the life. When he used this phrase, I am, it captured the attention of those around him. Now, how many of you read the book of John? If you are taking note while reading the book of John, or, or you know, Bible student, you will notice that seven times there is this I am affirmation. It is recorded. In John chapter 6, I will share them with you. John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Chapter 8, 10, I am the door. I am the chief, chief a shepherd. 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 15, I am the vine. And in chapter 11, this is what we're looking, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember this. He is using Lazarus to prove that he is a deity. He is God. Why? It's because when he commanded Lazarus, he said, Lazarus, come out! Who can do that? If Christ is not deity, he can't do it. And that's why, that's why he said, I am the resurrection and the life. My dear friends and brothers in the Lord, if Christ is not yet in your heart today, you don't have life. You're dead spiritually. The only person who can put life in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why everything that we dream, everything that we do, everything that we plan without Christ, it's nothing. For he said also in John chapter 15, without me, you can do nothing. Most especially in our spiritual life. I am the resurrection and the life. He's talking about spiritual life here. Because many of us, we're not righteous. We're dead because of our sins. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Romans chapter 3. You know, for all have sinned and fall short of the kingdom of God. Romans 3.10, the Bible says no one is righteous. No, not one. We can only become righteous because Christ said, I am the resurrection and the what? And the life. And when he did this miracle, he is proving that he is God. He can put back life. That's why we, believers in the Lord, when we have our relatives who are dead, we mourn, but not for a long time. Why? Because one of these days we will meet them. They will be resurrected also. If Christ will come, they will be resurrected. In fact, if we are alive, if Christ will come, they will go ahead before us. You will be late. I am being late, you know. But they will go. They will res be resurrected from the grave. And that's what the scripture says. We first hear God use this I am way back in the book of Exodus chapter 3. You remember when, when God called Moses to be a deliverer from the Israelite, uh, from, the, from the Egyptian bondage, and the Israelite people need a leader, and he chose Moses. And Moses, of course, he was reluctant, and he doesn't have the confidence. Uh, even, you know, reason, I stutter, I don't know how to talk, especially if, if I will stand before the Pharaoh. But of course, uh, one question he asked. If he will ask me, what name will I say? The Lord Jesus Christ said, tell him. No, no, God the Father, not Jesus Christ. Uh, God the Father said, tell him, I am, I am, has sent you. He is the great I am, 
and not the great I was. Big difference. And so when, when, when our Lord made this statement at the tomb of Lazarus, all those around recognize that it is an affirmation of his deity. John began his gospel by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Readers of the book of John, they understand very well when John says Word. Because in the Old Testament, God spoke through them, through Word. And the word there, it is understood that he, the Father. And that's why in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And jump verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The most fundamental belief of the Christian faith is that Jesus Christ is God himself. And this is why the Apostle Paul said, He is the image of the invisible God. All things were created by Him and for Him. Oh yes, it was this faith in the deity of Christ that led the Apostles except John to their own martyr's death. It, it was the insistence upon the Christological truth that Ignatius of Antioch, thrown to the wild animals at the end of the first century, and Polycarp of Smyrna burned at stake few decades later. The bottom line question again, do you believe this? The disciples really believe this. Why? Because they were willing to die for the truth. How many of you wants to die for a lie? No one. But the disciples, they were willing to be persecuted and die because the truth is Jesus is Lord. Amen. He is God. He is deity. Martha answered this question immediately. And what was his answer? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, I, I want you to know this, that Martha was a devout Jew. When she used the word Christ in Greek, Christos, it had a deep meaning to all who heard this confession. When they hear the word Christos, or Messiah, the anointed one, their minds went immediately to the temple and the Passover season when the sacrificial lamb were slain when the high priest on the Day of Atonement, it's called the Yom, Yom Kippur also, uh, enter the Holy of Holies to sprinkle the blood over the mercy seat uh, above the Ark of the Covenant. Now, Yom Kippur means Day of Covering. And uh, last Sunday, we did talk about Christ entering Jerusalem. And that is, they will, they, they will celebrate uh, the Passover. And that is really, that's why they bring animal sacrifices for the priest to sprinkle the blood. It is day of atonement. Day of covering. It was then that the sins of the people were covered by blood. Now, like most people today, we use a credit card or a debit card, right? When we go to make a purchase, we give them our card, and they accept it as what? Cash. Now, that, that plastic card has no real intrinsic value in it or of itself. And by the way, I just lost mine uh, last week, and praise the Lord, I noticed it. You know, when you're getting old, sometimes you're, things in your, in your pocket, or they just... Disappear. I don't know where. <laughs> well, I praise the Lord, you know. I got a new one. But uh, remember this. The plastic card has no real intrinsic value in it or of itself. But it is accepted 
And the question is, why? The answer is this. It is a forerunner of the true cash payment that soon will come when you receive your monthly bill. Until then, the credit card covers your purchase. You get it? As such, the old covenant covered the sins of the people who look for Christos, who look for the Messiah. Remember last Friday, I did talk about the foreshadowing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they understand it very well. Martha understood it very well. Why? Because as they put their faith and trust in the Lord, you are the Christos. Yes. They really believe that he is the Messiah that will cover and forgive their sins. All that was in Martha's reply, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. This morning, who is Christ to you? Is he just a teacher, a prophet? A good moral teacher? Or is he Christ in your heart? The anointed one of the Lord. Martha said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. Not only he's asking that we believe his deity, but secondly, his claim about death. Do you believe this? His claim about that. And he said, though he may die. Oh, pastor, today is resurrection day or Easter. I don't want you to talk about death. But the truth of the matter here is this. It is one of the particular subjects that we need to believe. Many live their lives in a total denial of their coming appointment with death. Uh, Jesus says that one of the facts of life is that we're going to what? To die. How many of you wants to go to heaven? Raise your hands. If you want to go to heaven, you must die. How many of you wants to go ahead? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one, you know, <laughs> no one wants to sit in front. <laughs> That's the truth. For us to experience the glory heaven, the glorification part of life, this tent, the Apostle Paul calls it tent, must die. <laughs> Uh, last night, I was just looking at those old pictures uh, on, on my wife's Facebook. I noticed that uh, I, I saw one picture together with JP and Jewel. I noticed my head. My hair is, was so black. It was thick. It was curly. But now, never mind. I don't want to turn around. No, no. It will really dawn on you that this body, your body, has death in it. Hey, you are decaying before your eyes. I am decaying before my eyes. Before I can run, now no more. Before I can play patintero, not no more. My mind says, it's okay, it's okay. But when you do it, uh-uh. You're old and dying.
certain parts of you and me are seeing some deterioration. Some opt for plastic surgery. Others, liposuction. Others eat vitamin-enriched foods and do all they can to keep their cholesterol down. But none of us can stop the fact that we are marching towards the grave. Have you noticed that? That every day we go near, near. Oh, yes. Death is the real common denominator of all men. And that's why if you have a proud heart, humble yourself. Because symmetry will level it in every one of us. If you do not believe this, just pick up Arizona Republic newspaper and go to the obituary section. But on the society page, you will read about only one class of people. On the sports page, you will read, Suns play tonight, 6 p.m. Watch them against Pelican. Booker, CP, they were all names. But on the obituary page, everyone is listed side by side. And usually in a cold alphabetical order. The rich and the poor side by side. Today, the rich, they have a high fence. The poor, it's just a tent. On the obituary, side by side. The talented and not the talented, gifted, side by side. The famous and the not so famous, side by side. Death knocks on the door of the wealthiest billionaire and the poorest peasant and, and sends them both to stand before the judge of all the earth. Yes, death is man's common denominator. You know, there's a lot of booksellers uh, being sold, of course, and, and there is only one book that tells us how to die. And it's the Bible. Do you believe our Lord Jesus' claim about death? And this is the question, okay? Uh, long centuries ago, the prophet Amos thundered down his, right, his warning. And this is warning. Prepare to meet your God. Prepare to meet your creator. Now, the question is this. Did you listen or do you listen to Amos? Do you prepare to meet God? We, we prepare for everything in life, right? Uh, your medical doctor, of course, did that just, you know, uh, just sat down inside of that cubicle. You will wait. You have an appointment at 7, and then he will enter at 8 in the morning. You are inside. He, he was not just there. He prepared for that. Years of study. We prepare for everything in life. We prepare for our children's college education. We even prepare for those we will leave behind through various insurance policies and the like. We always prepare for these material things in this world. But too few of us prepare to meet our God. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this is the judgment. 
this is the appointment that you cannot cancel. You can cancel your dental appointment. You can cancel your doctor's appointment, but not this one. That's why Christ said, do you believe this? That physically and even spiritually. Isn't it foolish to spend all our time and energies on this life alone when there is another life that is more a million times, a million times longer than this one? We are more preparing for this temporal world rather than the eternal ones. What is more important for us are material, temporal things, not the spiritual things. I want you to, please, allow that to sink in your heart. The most important thing in this world is your spiritual life. Because the things that you have here in this world, you will just leave them. Even one cent you cannot bring. You will leave everything. But what you can bring is your relationship with the Lord. Do you believe this? That is his claim about death. Number three. His claim about destiny. Do you believe this? He shall live. Now this is the good news. It is strange how many today live their lives as if uh, this were all there is. Jesus indicates here that even death, though death is sure, we are going to what? To live again. I, I met people, they don't believe in life after death or life after life. They say that if you die, that's it. Oh, you are committing a big mistake. Because after this body will die, your spirit will stand before the judgment seat of God. The body may indeed die, but not the spirit. Not that part of you that will live as long as God lives. And then one day reunited with a glorified body, for the endless ages of eternity. Do you believe this claim? Even though we may die, we will in fact live again. Oh yes. Once you are born, once a person is born, he will not die anymore. What I'm saying is this. You will either go to heaven or to hell. There are only two destinations. This is a hypothetical a conversation between a mother and her unborn child still inside the womb. And I quote, In just a few days, you are going to be born. Excitedly declares the mom. But I don't want to be born. I don't want to leave this womb. I like it here. It is comfortable and warm. I feel so secure and cozy here. I like this, argues the soon-to-be-born baby. But the mom continues, but you don't realize what you are missing. <laughs> there is laughter and sunshine, and there are brothers and sisters with whom to play. And there is music and picnics and toys. And the debate continues with the baby arguing against the very idea of birth because he cannot begin to relate experientially to the concept. The baby does not understand that to remain in the womb too long could result in what? Tragic consequences. Now, some of us today, we struggle against the thought of death in the same way with the same ignorance. Why? Because we do not understand the bottom line question with its accompanying fact is this. Though we shall die, yes, this body will die, but we also will live again. Amen. Oh, yes. The real question for many of us this Sunday morning, what are we doing about the part of us that is going to live forever? Many do not want to think about this during this, you know, Resurrection Sunday. After all, we have new dresses, new suits. By the way, did you know that here in America, just like in the Philippines, in the Philippines, it, during Christmas, that we buy no clothes, right? Here in America, it's during the Easter they buy what? But it's not anymore because, you know, people change us. 
do you believe this? His claim about deity, I am the resurrection and the life. His claim about death, he who believes in me, though he dies. His claim about destiny, he shall live. Number four and last, his claim about deliverance. Do you believe this? Whatever lives, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You see, this, uh, this is what Christ said. And it's not one of his disciples, but it's Christ who said this. Whoever lives and believes in me shall what? Never die. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> we will not die anymore when we are in Christ. We will be forever and ever in his presence. The Lord is making it very plain here. Listen. Eternal salvation is through faith in him alone, not through human effort or good work. That's why he said, whoever believes or lives in me shall never die and he will live. God is a compassionate God, loving God. He's inviting everyone, asking this question, and we need to make a decision whether to accept or whether to reject. The mere fact that you are listening to this is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. This is His word. You see, note again, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Faith is only possible this side of the grave. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke to those who would make their appeal after the life of this life to whom he will, reply, he will reply, I never knew you. Why? Again, because their belief is only here, not here. It is no wonder Paul said, in him we have redemption through his what? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Resurrection Sunday is a day of decision when we are confronted with its bottom line question. In fact, uh, there are only three possible responses to these Easter claims. I will share them with you. Number one, when Jesus Christ said this, do you believe that Jesus Christ is just lying? Is he lying? When he said, I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me, is he lying? This is the first answer that probably, you know, if a, a, a person is not a believer, he's a liar. First response. Second response. Do you believe when he claimed all these things, is he a lunatic? Is Christ lunatic? Uh, lunatic means, you know, cuckoo. And that's why when the, when the moon is so bright, a lot of people are going cuckoo. Because the word from the lunatic comes from the lunar. Or number three response, is he Lord? When he claimed this, and when he asked this question personally, do you believe this? Is he Lord? If you do not believe he was a liar or lunatic, then you must believe that he was divine, who he said he was, the Lord. Amen. If so, then... What do you intend to do about it? Will you simply continue to tip your hat to him at Christmas and during Easter like this? Or will you face this question and answer just like Martha? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. There are a lot of big questions in life, isn't it? Now, where will, if, if, if you are still in high school, where will I attend college? Or what vocation shall I pursue? Whom, whom shall I marry? And the most important question probably some of you right now, whom I will marry? But there is only one big question in death. Do you believe this? And that is, remember this, it is personalized, do you believe this? You cannot live your life on what someone else's belief. 
It is pertinent. Do you believe this? Faith is the key. Number three, it is particular. Do you believe this? Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you put your faith in Him alone to save you, you will never die. Look at Lazarus. In the context of our question, his picture is a picture of all of us. He's dead. And there, is, there is nothing he can do for himself to bring life. But then Christ calls for him and brings him out of death <laughs> and into life. This same Jesus is calling you today. Do you believe this? You know, if I can force you to answer, answer yes. Because what is at stake in this question is your eternity. Remember that he already said, we will all die. But there is a place called heaven and he wants us to be there. Amen. This morning, if you are already a Christian, please renew your faith in the Lord. Have that desire to know Him in a deeper way. Be intentional in your walk and faith in the Lord. And if you are not a believer in the Lord, answer this question, do you believe this? Remember this, He is the one who's asking. And this question is also a question that we need to ask. If you are a Christian, ask our friend. Please, be a blessing a channel of blessing, of grace, and mercy to your friends, unbelieving friends. Don't force them to believe that. Just share the gospel to them. You know, it's the Holy Spirit who will work. Our only duty and responsibility is to sow the seed. Do it faithfully. When you are here this morning, probably you are religious. Probably you are a member of a church, but don't have faith in the Lord. That relationship is very important. I want you to bow down your heads and close your eyes. I will make an invitation today. And this invitation, I want you to be serious about it. This is not something that, you know, a ceremony or what. But if you acknowledge Christ in your heart, I know that the Holy Spirit is working in you. I want you to follow this prayer. I want you to lead you in a prayer in which, yes, He wants you to have a relationship with Him. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your words this morning. Yes, I thank you for Christ's question. But this morning, Father, indeed, I realize that I am a sinner. I am dead spiritually. Father, this morning, will you please regenerate me, O oh Lord? I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart. I surrender my life to you. I am inviting Christ into my heart. And I thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. And I want to accept it. Thank you, Father, for what you will do. Thank you for giving me this life in Christ. Father, I am praying for uh, every Christian here. I pray that this message was a challenge to them, that we need to continue to share the good news to other people who are lost because of their sins. Help us, O oh Lord, to be always faithful and committed to you. And thank you, Father. Thank you. We give back all the glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, before we close in prayer, I would like to uh, give this certificate of baptism. Uh, this is to certify that John Robert Slack, having repented from sin and professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to his command, was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit at Philam International Baptist Church.
together with that certificate is a Bible. And also, this is to certify that Alicia uh, Bungay Slack. We pronounce in the Philippines, Bungay. But here in America, in America Bungay. <laughs> Slack, <laughs> having repented from sin and professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to His command, was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit here at Tilang Church. Congratulations. My prayer to each and every one of you is continue to grow in the Lord. And this is, of course, a Bible too. Please let's all stand to join this prayer. Our Father in heaven, again, thank you for your words. Yes, we all understand it. As our Lord Jesus Christ continued to speak to us, do you believe this? Yes, we all believe our Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection, the life. Christ has risen. So that we know that we must be responsible for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Thank you, Father, for this church. Now we continue to walk with you and we continue to learn your words as we come to this place to worship you. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ. Now our Lord Jesus Christ continue to take us to our eternity so that the until that the when time will come each one of us because the salvation is personal so that we like to share this salvation of jesus christ and resurrection of jesus christ with our family and the friends thank you again for this church's ministry and missions thank you the pastor continue to prepare the message so bless him also and bless all of us. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. All God's people say, Amen. Thank you and God bless you all. See you all at the fellowship hall. And I think the children are, are getting ready for their egg hunting. God bless you. Thank you.